I think we all realize that we're in a time that we can, can definitely not be thermometers, we must be thermostats. Amen? And so I want to shed some light on where we're at, uh, but I first want to uh, share where I'm at, okay? When I was probably about 15 or 16 years old, I traveled to, to St. Paul, Minneapolis with my father. We were part of a business. Uh, we had a dealership of a business that was there. And we got in there one night, and we stayed in a hotel. And the next day, we got on the elevator to go down. There was a man on the elevator. And being young as I was, I recognized who he was and didn't say a word. And once we got to the bottom and this man stepped off the elevator and went to walk away, I said to my dad, I said, Dad, did you see who that was? He said, no. I said, Dad, that was Cassius Clay. You don't know who I'm talking about? Muhammad Ali. And my dad went like, he said, son, you should have told me. I said, I'd have had to go a few rounds with him. That's where I'm at. I'm ready to go a few rounds. Now, that doesn't mean as much to you. You just have to know my dad. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't jesting when he said that. He would, have, he would have had to go on a few rounds with him. That's just who he was. I hope that's where you're at tonight, whether you're watching by streaming or you're here, because I wanna, I'm going to try to lay out with some things. I was in Clarksville, Tennessee on the 31st of, of uh, October, knew that we had a battle ahead of us beyond the election, knew that, I knew that it would end up in the Supreme Court, knew that, but I brought a word on Saturday morning, and I want to start with it here, and I brought a word out of, this, out of the history of Irojima. And we've all seen where the, the men are raising the flag there on Irojima, and that happened on February the 19th, and I honor our military that are here. But those men paid a great price, and so on February the 19th, that flag was raised. But history tells us they only secured the island on March the 26th. 37 days later, a lot of loss of life, a lot of resources expended, a lot of casualties, just a lot of hardship, but they stayed with it till they secured. The election was the raising of that flag. And we're in that battle. And I find it interesting a little bit that it was 37 days with the Bush-Gore thing, and I haven't, as prophetic as I am, I've not been able to put it together. And sometimes we have a tendency being prophetic. You know, if you're, if you're prophetic, everything's prophetic. Amen? But that's where, that's one of the places we're at. I want to paint it with another thing that God gave me when I was with Bishop Garlington and Charles Stock there in Harrisburg this week. But I said, one of my heroes that I've studied, did some term papers back in high school, is a man named Jim Thorpe. He was a, a First Nations, an Indian. He was in, I actually believe he's the most incredible athlete that we've ever had. Uh, that's my opinion. I'm entitled to it, but he was phenomenal. They took all of his gold medals away because he was paid 75 cents one time to play a baseball game. Later, after he was with the Lord, I hope he was, they were restored to him. But here's a history out of his life, and this is where we're at. 
In a football game one time, he caught the ball on the third yard line, ran it all the way for a touchdown. There was a flag on the play. They kicked it the second time, he caught it on the zero yard line. The wind was with him, ran it for a touchdown, flag on the play. They kicked it the third time, wind being with the kicker, he caught it three yards into the end zone and ran it for a touchdown, and there was no flag on the play. That's where we're at. See, it would have been easy on the first one to lose a little bit of your incentive, a little bit of your passion. You know, you know, what, you, know you could think, well, this is not fair. There's a lot of things that's going on that's not fair. I've come to discover in walking almost 40 years with God, life just ain't fair. But it's great when you walk with the Lord. And then we could have stepped it up and we could have moved into that place when the second flag come, came on the play and, and the touchdown didn't stand. You know, we, we just don't stand a chance. And I believe I'm preaching to the choir tonight and telling you this because you're here and you're watching by streaming. But I've got news for you. We, we've got to battle it all the way through to the touchdown. All the way. I'm going, I'm going, listen, I don't think the ship's going down, but if I have to, I'm going down with the ship. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fade. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to, with that, I just told someone when I got here that we uh, were going home on, on uh, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon after we finish here, and then I, we get a call and there's a possibility we're not. <laughs> we're going to Michigan. Amen. And who knows from there. But I'm in this thing for the, not just for the win, I'm in this thing for the soul of our nation. You're in this for the soul of our nation. When I was with Bishop the other, the other day, Bishop Garlington, he said this, and it caught me so strong. We will not be denied. That's the spirit of this nation. That was the spirit in the Revolutionary War. That was the spirit in George Washington. That was the spirit that's here. And we've got to keep it stirred up so that others, listen, some of you here possibly a little bit more mild-mannered than me. I, I've said this for years. My wife has almost taught me how to saying it, just almost. But I, I just love battlefields and blood and guts. I was meant for war. I fucked you better. I hear the Lord better. This is my season. But I got news for you. It's your season as well. And even if you're a bit faint-hearted, we, we still need you. From the, from the sidelines, you can cheer. From the sidelines, you can pray. From the sidelines, you can stand with us to see it done. So much prophetic and everything in the room. I'm trying, I want to be focused and give us that play because the most important tonight is what we're going to decree and declare. But this is where we're at. We can't look at the circumstances. We could have decided the, the, the umpires, you know, we're, we're throwing those flags to keep us. You know, there's some underhanded things taking place right now. But don't get focused on them. And I don't know that, you know, it's not that we know we're going to win because we read the back of the book. We know what God's will is, and it's for Trump to have four more years and to finish it well. 
Someone wrote me the other day. I haven't even answered it. I know you're not in the room, or at least I hope you're not. And said, what are you going to do when you get egg on your face? I'm going to lick it off and ask somebody to fry me some more. I'm not worried because I know what God, listen, listen, don't even operate here. It's not what God has said. It's what he's still saying. And what he spoke, he's still saying. And too many dreams by too many people, I have the privilege of being one of those. It's, you know, I can tell you now, we fully understand that God brought me into a stewardship of dreaming for this. I don't understand why me. But I do understand that he could have had a donkey having all these dreams. I think we have Bible for that, where he prophesied. So I want you to, to be with me. I'm going to read you some dreams now, and then I'm going to show you where we have to operate in this moment as the church so we can go into prayers and decrees, okay? All right. Dream this. Yeah, I'll start with that. Dream this on September 1. Now, I have to tell you, I've had a little bit of tunnel vision. I thought most of these dreams had to do with the election. Well, they do. But I'm talking about getting him, you know, with it, what we started, and the way we interpret things when we're before, and the way you look back at them makes a difference. Dream this the morning of September 1, that Duchess Pager went off and had 22-22 on it. If you've kept up with us, you know that refers that when Trump wanted to talk to him, he, would, he gave him a pager, he would text him 22-22. Then next thing, uh, Duchess' phone began to ring almost immediately. <clears throat> President Trump told him to tell the ecclesia. How many tune your ear up? He said, tell the ecclesia to send drones to the key places. I believe, that, I believe this, Tim, has to do with the conversation we had with Dutch Wago. Send drones to the key and significant locations. He informed Dutch the locations were outlined in the papers he had personally delivered to him. He requested that only the highly trained and skilled drone workers be used in the first initiative. Michigan. Well, maybe Allegheny. I might be ahead on that. But the first. He stated to Dutch that where the drones would be located is where the activated angel army would be in position to inform, excuse me, to enforce the Constitution of Heaven. How many of you know we're at a moment we need the Constitution of Heaven? enforced. President Trump told Dutch it was essential that the angel armies be steadfast in place as the shock that is coming will facilitate a gasp, actually a grasp and a groan from the people. He informed Dutch the angel army activity at that precise moment would cause the tipping point to be highly effect effective. He told Dutch, when this takes place, it will be the ecclesia of this nation's finest hour due to the synergy of the angel army, the cloud of witnesses, and the praying church working together. 
We are in that moment. I'm going to get to it in a minute, but let me just tell you, we are in a Joshua moment. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. We are in a Joshua moment. Let me go to this next dream, and I'll get into the Joshua moment. I sent this to Dutch this morning. I dreamed on the morning of October the 13th that President Trump was playing horseshoes and Dutch Sheets was his partner, the praying church, the ecclesia, the apostolic. I did not see who President Trump was competing against. His election team and administration were frantically seeking him to come back on the campaign field, get back out there. Now, this was pre to the election, but I want to apply it to where we're at now. I happen to know there's so, those around him and asked him to just concede and to give up. <clears throat> over and over, he kept explaining to his team that as long as he remained partnered with the praying church and he kept throwing ringers, God's will will be done. He instructed Dutch that the praying church was throwing horseshoes close, but it was time for the praying church to throw ringers. I mean, you you don't need no interpretation to this. I don't know about you. I grew up throwing throwing horseshoes, playing horseshoes. We did a lot, and we used to have a saying every time we played, you know, man, that's close, but close only counts, and hand grenades, and and, uh, what was the other one? I forget now. Amen? Listen, we, he's telling us we've got to get our prayer more precise. We need, we, need to, we need some ringers taking place. He then put his hands on both the Dutch's shoulders. He looked him straight in the eye and said, You know what to do, and I trust you to get it done. I hope, I, 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 you know, Dutch just got in, I think, but anyway, maybe he's listening. That's the word of the Lord to him. You know what to do. And the Lord trusts you to get it done. He opened his hand to Dutch then, and he showed him a white stone. It refers back to a dream. It refers back to Jane Hammond's word here at Reset 2020. That's how they voted. That's also you don't get a white stone unless you get a new name that only you know. How many of you, when you were growing up, your family had a nickname for you? That, you know, uh, my family had, I was Clado. You know, and listen, I love you, Tim, but don't call me Clado. You got to, I know we're family, but we ain't that close, okay? Are you hearing me? <clears throat> but there's a name given to those who get this white stone that only they know. Are you hearing me? Now go with me to the book of Joshua. I told you to go there, I gotta get there. Hold just a moment. Joshua chapter 10, I'm gonna begin in verse 12. Actually, I'm gonna back up. I'm gonna begin in verse one of chapter 10. Now it came to pass When the king of Jerusalem heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, so he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done 
to Ai and his king and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them and they, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city. Listen, this deep state stuff that's going on is fortified. I'm not trying to bring fear with that, but I'm telling you this battle belongs to the Lord, but he needs us to be in the battle with him. Let's go on. Because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. Therefore the king of Jerusalem went to the king of Hebron, and the king of Jammu, and uh, Japhia, the king of Lachish, and uh, Debir, the king, these five kings. He said, come and let me help you that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings or the five Amorites, the king of Jerusalem. I'm only going to read them. Isn't it interesting when the dream came about Dutch, he was fighting five giants. And we have five kings here. Let me move on with this and, and bring it. And the men of, Gib- of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. When you understand Gilgal, it means circle, but also Gilgal was where kings and prophets met and conferred. Right now, those with authority and prophetic voices are coming together, I believe, more in this nation. Now, let me share this. I said something to you on the call today. Anybody here on the call today? Thank you. I said something on the call today, and I want to address it. There are many voices trying to be prophetic right now. But some of the voices out there that are trying to be prophetic, they're trying to preserve their ministry and their following by compromising. They're, they're changing their narrative to fit the thing because they don't want egg on their face and they don't want to lose a following. They want to keep, you know, they, it, it, listen, it's a lot. Bishop, uh, Bishop Garlington, uh, we dealt with it in Harrisburg there at Charles Stock this week. It's the love of mammon. It's the greed. It, it's about what numbers bring in and the fear that they carry of man. And they're changing it. I said this recently somewhere. I've been home nine nights and 55 days. It looks like it's fixing to be extended. You got to enter into the, the promise of your womb being filled before the promise can fill your womb. Now, that, that didn't go over. You got to enter into the promise. God's promise of a womb being filled before the promise can fill the womb. You got to enter in to the promise of the womb being filled before the promise can enter the womb. Let me tell you what the promise is. I'll give you a Cyrus. My friend, Dr. Dwayne Miller, he was here at Resec 2020. Incredible friend to Susan, him and Amy working with us tremendously in a Perry Stone meeting in 2013 prophesied Trump would be the president. It's on record. It's out there. You can find it with that. So that's a promise. We can look at Kim Clements. We can look at all the word. We can look at all the dreams about that I, that I finished my eight years well. Are you hearing me? But see, too many are vacillating because they're listening to the news. 
or they're listening to voices. I just have to address it. Didn't plan. Many of the influencing prophetic voices in our nation are so filled with divination right now that it's pathetic. Okay, so you understand when I talk about divination, there was a girl that had the spirit of divination in the book of Acts, and she said this statement. It's only recorded statements she made. These are men of the most high God. Was Paul a man of the most high God? He was. So she was speaking truth with an agenda, a hidden agenda, her agenda, not God's agenda, and therefore it was filled with divination. Anybody ever said in a meeting, not here in this house, I'm sure, but you ever went somewhere and when the offering's taking, it's filled with divination? <laughs> Quote scripture perfectly. It's all truth, what's being said, but there's that divination. I had a, an apostle call me many years ago about a ministry that came in and stayed at his church for weeks. During that time that they were there, there was almost $200,000 given into that ministry. This is what he told me. And within three days of that ministry leaving town, it's like the people came out from under a spell and began to come to the apostle and said, any chance I get my money back, I don't feel good about what I gave. Tell me there wasn't some divination in it. Are you hearing me? And there are words that are being spoken because they want to keep their following up. Amen? I'm still waiting. I've got to come up with some more stuff put on Facebook because I've got 5,000 friends and I've got 500, actually 620 people right now waiting to become friends because of what we're releasing in these dreams. And I, I need to say some things so I can have a purging and add those that really want to go to war. So I've been asking God, what, you know, what can I do? We need, we need a downsizing, Lord. Are you hearing me? Let me see where I was. Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, he said, Do not forsake your servants. Come to us quickly. Save us. Help us. All the kings of the Amorite who dwell in the mountain have gathered together against us. And Joshua ascended from Gilgal, and he and all the people of war. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a person of war. You're a people of war. Come on. You are a people of war. You know. I had to go into a crack house one time and get a spiritual son out. He's still in my life. He backslid, went in there. I carried two, I carried two people I trust the most. Carried my son, Bobby Dean Nash. And I carried my son-in-law, who's now with the Lord, Brian Pinson. Carried Brian because he had a concealed weapon uh, permit at that time. And I carried Dean because he ain't going to let nobody hurt his daddy. And we went to war, and we got him out of there. Everybody in the crack house came out and tried to stop us. Right in the middle of it, we were going round and round. The only healthy-looking person in the crack house was the guy that ran the crack house. And he was a big old bubba. He was about probably 340 pounds and about six foot four to six foot six. And he reared up on me and he said, he owes me money. Either he's staying or his vehicle's staying. And I put my finger in his face and I said, you don't want no trouble with me. 
I got a little bit of street sense because I wasn't born a Christian. I got a lot of history under the blood, cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Usually when you, you know, when you rear down on a guy and put your finger in his face, say, you don't want no trouble with me, they take, he didn't step back, he stepped in. And when he did, the next word that came out of my mouth scared the life out of me. I said, do you watch movies? I literally thought, where did that come from? My son looked at me, my son-in-law looked at me like, where is this going, Dad? And he said, yeah, I do. I said, did you see that movie, Apostle? He said, yeah, I did. I said, did you see where that preacher took him out, that guy out there in the dark, and just whooped the hell out of him? He said, yeah, I did. I said, it ain't even dark. Now, my son has the gift of discerning of spirits, and this is what he told me. He said, Dad, two angels stood up behind you when you said that. Because I'm telling you, that guy moonwalked back into that crack out. And I can't tell you what he said to me, but I'll clean it up and tell you. He said, Mister, I don't want no backside whooping. And we got the young man. He's still in our life. In fact, I've just hunted him down a while ago because my son wants him to work for him tomorrow. He's been in our life since for 30-some years. I've gotten him out of four crack houses, but he's been straight. He's been straight for, what, six years now, Susan? He's been straight. In fact, this is not an embarrassment to him, but he's my Mephibosheth. He will always have a place at my table. Let me finish this up. I told you we were in a Joshua moment. Let me begin in verse 12. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on the day. When the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel <coughs> in the sight of Israel. And he spoke and said, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemy. He goes on to say, Listen to this. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, did not hasten to go down for about a whole day, and there had been no day like that before or after that the Lord heeded the voice of man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned, and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. Now here's what I want to tell you. Number one, I know that your Bible says the sun stood still. But if you have studied any at all, the sun does not revolve around the earth. The earth revolves around the sun. There's two points I want to make out of this. Number one, Joshua didn't pray a perfect prayer, but he approached this with a perfect heart. And so when he said, sun stands still, God gave him the intentions of his heart, and the earth stood still for about a day. We are in that moment. Our president's legal team needs some time. And I believe God is in the, t in the process of giving us a kairos, an appointed time, so that we, and I might pronounce this wrong, Tim, correct me, so we can have a horeos, the gate beautiful. Am I close to it? 
We need, listen, the appointed time you've got to recognize, but that, that harrells, you've got to seize it. And we're in that moment. There is a gate beautiful set to this nation right now that we've got to go through. What's been lame, and much of that has been the deep state, but some of it's been the church itself, those that chose not to vote, or even those that I heard, I heard Bishop Garlington, I'm going to get him in trouble, but he said the other day, if you didn't vote, I hope you was in a coma. And if you voted for Biden, Biden I hope you go into a coma. <laughs> Not trying to get him in trouble, but I, I, you know, I've thought those thoughts, I have to admit to you. But what I'm trying to tell you is how in the world can you choose? I've got it on, I've got it, record, I've got it on video where Biden says it's okay to make a decision once a child is born. I've seen it. No, it's not okay. That alone is worth fighting for. That alone, but we could talk about, I was on a call today with, a, with an apostle prophetic voice out of Louisiana, and one of the people that Biden bringing on over health and all that stuff, I don't remember the way, says that no one should live past 75, or they shouldn't be on the, the, the welfare and the care and all of this stuff. Listen, if you are a baby boomer, if you're not at 75, we're getting close. Amen. I'm, I'm 60, 68, my next one. I feel like I'm a young 68. Amen? But I'm just telling you, we cannot let these things. What's the Joshua moment? It's when we can taste. I'm not going to read another dream I had about Dutch and I going back and forth. I'll tell you just quickly, back and forth into the promised land. Every time we'd go, we'd get a, had a big sapling pole, a big you know, more than a stick, a fence post type deal, and we'd hang a cluster of grapes, and we'd bang it back to the body of Christ, and they would turn it into new wine. And we just kept going. We were becoming weary. I, I feel like this applies because let me tell you what new wine does. It encourages you. <coughs> and finally, the eagles came, and two eagles grabbed Dutch by his shoulders, and two eagles grabbed me, and they began to fly us back and forth. And finally, we were just faithful, and the people kept making new wine and distributing it across the United States. And finally, the eagles, the eagles took over for Dutch and I. We didn't have to do it anymore. The Dutch shared this here, I think, but the word convocation is a transliterated word for ecclesia, but eagles don't flock together. They gather in convocations. And what that was speaking about, the ecclesia picking this thing up, I believe that Tim Sheets, <coughs> Dutch Sheets, and others are traveling across this nation. There's a scripture in the Message Bible. I didn't look it up in the Corinthians. I think it is. They traveled from one place to the other releasing fresh hope. This nation needs fresh hope right now. You do not believe the people are calling me, and they, they want me to say, uh, you know, what, what I'm, I tell them the same thing I'm telling you. What's it look like ahead? Let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like war. It looks like a battle. My last thing I want to say is out of one more movie, and this is what I told the Lord the other day, but there's a, there was a series of show on TV for a long time about building a railroad across America. I'm sure you're all Godly people didn't watch it because of the title, but the name of it was Hell on Wheels. 
And uh, I watched it, watched every one of them, just waiting to start back over them. I loved it. I loved that type of stuff. But in, towards the end of the series, before it went off the air, there was one of the guys, and his rifle was, wouldn't shoot. I don't remember just how it happened, but a grizzly bear came up on him. There was nothing he could do. He, he was between a, a rock and a grizzly bear, and it was coming. And I love it. I love, I love how it turned out. I love how it went. And he drew his big Bowie knife out, and he looked at that bear, and he ran as hard as he could, and he lived, and the bear died. There's a bear trying to get us in this nation. And it doesn't look good if you look at the natural. But I'm telling you, I believe God has given you a sword of the Spirit to where we can battle with this. We need this Joshua moment. Tim, it's yours. We need this Joshua moment. We need God to intervene. We need, we need time delay so that the lawyers can make all of their cases and find all the evidence. Last thing I want to say, here comes my apostle. God is not bound by our understanding of time. Clay and I have witnessed several times where we were traveling for eight, nine hours, and God accelerated the time, and we got there three and four hours shorter time than we should have. Happened several times. We left the 19-mile marker on I-40 in Arizona. That's just right at the Colorado River, California line, 19-mile California line. At 3 o'clock Central Time one afternoon, we stopped, we ate. We'd been gone for six weeks. We stopped, we ate, we pottied, we did all the stuff. And the next morning, we pulled into Little Rock, Arkansas at 5 o'clock. You can't do that. We figured it up, Tim. For every mile we drove, we would have to average 91 miles an hour and never stop. We don't know why God did it. We didn't ask for it. Don't ask me to pray for God to do it for you. We've had it happen several times. <laughs> We've had it happen several times. We're not boasting in that. God knew that we needed it. In fact, we went home and started the church we now lead 17 years ago from that meeting. We got there to get that $2 million building given to us, everything with that so that we could do it. God had a plan in it. But I'm telling you, He can accelerate this time. There are things that can happen. There are dominoes that's going to fall. I've got news for you. God is battling. There's so much that this man probably knows, and I know that I know. I can't tell you right now. I cannot release it. It's not that you couldn't handle it, but it's not to be released this time. But I'm telling you, God is not just working behind the scenes. He's working under. He's working over. He's working in, and he's working through. Because what? how was it? We're going to have break out. How, I love that, Walgo. Break up, break out, break through. Break up, break out, and a breakthrough. Why? Because God's battling. Stand to your feet for a moment. <laughs>